Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have a very special guest whose last name is very difficult to pronounce, but I'm going to do the best I can. His name is Amir Zandanajad, and his Instagram handle is BeardTheBestYouCanBe. He is a trainer and a functional mobility specialist based out of the Bay Area in California. We had a really fun conversation. I'm just going to jump right into it. Let's get this party started. Before we get this conversation started with Amir, I want to tell you about a couple things that I have going on. The first one is I was a guest on the Restoring Human Movement podcast with Dr. Sebastian Gonzalez a few weeks ago. Um, the episode name is Don't Be a Liability, and uh, we had a really fun conversation, so please go and check that out. He was also a guest on my podcast, so go in the archives and listen to that one. It was a good time as well. The next thing I have going on, I am traveling out to San Diego this weekend to meet up with my friend Andy Shea. We are putting on a workshop together called Rethinking Movement. This is a workshop that is geared towards sports massage therapists, um, personal trainers, and CrossFit coaches. And it takes you through everything from the assessment to programming and everything in between. We're really working hard to get this put together for you guys. Uh, Go to Instagram and look up rethinking.movement and get more information from there. And there's also a link in the bio to click and go and sign up. We still have the early bird pricing available at $350, so don't miss that. And without further ado, let's beard the best you can be. And here we go. So Amir, thank you so much for being on the podcast, brother. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about, um, you had a post in your stories about how you were kind of talking about how the new class of human has just slid downhill to where we're just soft and, you know, just uh, basically incapable. So like the, what, the word that I've been using for these people is a liability. They're a liability to themselves and the people around them. And so um, then I was listening to this podcast called um, the, the Hidden Brain, and the episode is called um, Close Enough. And this episode of this podcast drove me damn crazy, and I've been talking on it for the last eight podcasts in a row, so my listeners are probably over it. But it's about people that have started to try something, realize that it's too difficult, and then just quit trying. So for instance, one of the examples was they start looking up YouTube videos because they want to learn how to play guitar. And then they pull up this instructional video and they're like, oh, I could do that. And then they go buy a guitar and then they start playing along with this guy who's probably been playing his whole entire life. And they're like, this is impossible. And then they just quit and put the guitar away. And that just drives me crazy. And so that's kind of the mentality 
that I think that you're talking about. So uh, let's kind of touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, not not even sure where to start, but I mean, I, I just feel like I don't think we, I don't think as a whole, we're very connected to who we are as, as like Homo sapiens on this planet. Right. I think I think we, if we had a deeper connection with what we are and how we kind of got here in our environment and stuff like that things would just make a lot more sense and, and we'd be able to we'd be able to apply that to everything we'd apply that to training and a lot of things that i talk about on that on the fitness realm but a lot of things that go into life as well um i i don't think we're as as focused and as driven and as hungry as we we should be as homo sapiens and we, we think how we kind of got here i mean it was truly survival of the fittest these badass creatures on planet earth that did whatever it took to survive and to thrive and to kind of grow our species into what it is today. And today, I don't think we, we don't have that hunger anymore. We're kind of spoiled and we, we kind of have everything good for us. Food is convenient. Uh, we're lazy. We go home, we sit down, we watch Netflix. Um, like you said, we take up these things and we give up so easily. And a lot of times I think that's, it's through fear of failure, maybe, and, and as opposed to just being not driven enough. I, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it's different for everyone, but I, I think fear is one of the worst things that we can kind of give into the fear of failure. Because the, the beautiful thing about failure is when you fail, you're really succeeding. You're really this is an opportunity to learn and to grow and to to push through adversity, and that's what makes us truly strong. Um, man, I failed so many damn times in my life, and it's been the best thing that ever happened to me. So I, I think people like don't don't just quit on something. Take something up and fail. Like go like go balls to the wall and most likely you'll fucking fail. But that's what <laughs> life is all about. Like you have to fail to succeed. You have to fail and let it let it make you stronger. And I always relate it back to like string trading. What are we doing to the connective tissues that we're trying to strengthen? We're, we're breaking them down. We're creating a stressful environment. And once we do this consistently and we progressively overload this area your body will start creating a biological adaptation where it starts to get stronger and wants to adapt to the stimulus. Well, the same goes for other stressors in our life too, outside of fitness. We need to go through the stress and we need to kind of let it, let it mold us into the human beings that we were capable of becoming and becoming much stronger and, and, and more, fo more, more focused and driven. Right. And so, you know, I've been teaching CrossFit for a really long time and I've, uh, you know, gotten out of it the last couple of years, but I'm still coaching it. And so that's like a perfect example of what exactly what you're talking about when, you know, there's, there's, you load a barbell for a deadlift and people are like, well, I can't do that. I'm like, well, how do you even know? You haven't even tried. You know what I mean? Like if you go out there and you try and you're squeezing as hard as you can and that bar doesn't go anywhere, like you, A, you know where your ceiling is and B, you did an isometric contraction for about five seconds. So you probably got some benefit out of it. You know what I mean? So now, you know, what we need to work on, right? And so it's failure isn't a bad thing, it's just a thing. And everybody does it all the time. But we just, you know, like the best example from, you know, my DNS, the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization education is that, you know, if while we're learning to walk, we fail left and right. But there just becomes a certain point where it just becomes detrimental to our psyche to fail. And it's just yeah. really interesting to me. And so, um, you know, kind of moving to what I was just saying about uh, don't be a liability. And like I said, my listeners have heard this story like 40 times, but, you know, I was doing an education course in Dallas and I get off the airplane and I start looking around and I'm like, holy shit, I'm the fittest person in here. 
And I was walking through the airport to uh, get on the shuttle to go get my rental car. And there was this lady who could just barely walk. And that was after, you know, there was all those uh, shootings in Dallas. And I started thinking like, man, you're a liability. Like nobody's going to save you and you're not saving anybody. You know what I mean? So like, that's kind of where I started to uh, unpack my idea of what uh, fitness is to me. And that is you should be able to carry load. You should be able to move load. You should be able to lift it. You should be able to run a specific amount of distance fast. You should be able to run a specific amount of distance consistently. Like you should be able to do all these things in order to get away from danger or get your friends and family away from danger. And that's just kind of how my brain works. So you should be able to do that stuff. And if you're incapable of doing that stuff, then you're just like the, the person that we were just talking about. Totally. I completely agree with that, that, that mindset of like, it's not only about protecting yourself, but what about your loved ones? I mean, you, you look at the animal kingdom, for example, like every creature will protect their loved ones at a very high level. They have that primal thing inside of them. But like you said, if some people are not really focused on their health and being able to be protective or, uh, amongst your loved ones, I mean, kind of a huge flaw that's not a good thing and that's one thing that kind of drives me personally as well like i want to be able to protect people if shit if shit hits the fan i mean right. in this life i mean it's very unpredictable a lot of things can happen you want to be fit to be able to protect not only yourself but the but the people around you that's a very important thing so i, I completely agree with that mindset for sure yeah and then you know the i was talking with the dj murakami on a previous podcast and he was brought up a, a it's kind of a simple thing but it's a, along the same lines of what we were talking about where you need to have discomfort in order to feel comfortable so now we have these people who are quote unquote comfortable but they're feeling discomfort because they're not necessarily earning it they're you know just sitting there like you said on your couch watch binge watching netflix having food delivered to them like you can they have these like uber for delivery where you can just get food from wherever you want delivered to your door and it's crazy and so they literally don't have to do anything and if you don't create discomfort then you will never be comfortable and it's just this it's a really interesting concept so you know speaking uh personally i you know, I've been on this uh, journey of exploratory movement for the last two years, and I've been neglecting my cardiovascular capabilities. And so I've been on that bandwagon for the last 10 days, and it's pretty terrible, and it's really uncomfortable every morning. But I get up and I do it because it's necessary. That's part of, you know, the don't be a liability that I was talking about. Like, you need to have cardiovascular capabilities because shit doesn't just hit the fan for like five or 10 seconds. It's going, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. hundred percent, man. I, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah. And so then, you know, the, and it's just, it's weird because I surround myself with people and I talk to people that are just really motivated and that's just kind of their standard operation procedures. Like they're just motivated all the time. And so when people like, oh, I'm just going to give up on that, it just doesn't make sense. So like, you know, I, there's a video that you posted a few weeks ago where you're, it's a, it's a um, adductor kinetic stretch with internal rotation. And I was like, damn, man, 
that is going to take me at least two years of training to accomplish. You know what I mean? But I'm not like, well, I could never do that. I just understood the amount of effort that you put in to get there because I am also putting in that effort. Yeah. And I've only been doing the mobility training for like, I took a FRC last year in April and I've only been doing the mobility training since then. And I've seen incredible gains since then, but you're like at this high level where I'm like, okay, so that's kind of, that's where I want to be. And it's going to take me a minute. And I just got to focus on training every day to get to that spot. Yeah. And, and you, you have the perfect mindset too. Like a lot of people like, like comment, like, I wish I could do that. Or, or I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like, you don't have to be jealous. Like you just have to put in the work. That's literally all you have to do. Three years ago, my body was completely busted. I didn't have any mobility or flexibility or anything like this whatsoever. I right. just busted my ass to be able to fucking do this. Now I put in three to four hours, five hours sometimes of just consistent inputs every single day. And for me, it's become, it's, it's such a passion for me. So it's, it's not hard for me to like want to do that. It's honestly, it's, it used to be like my outlet and now it's just like my pure passion and something that that's my happy place. So it's become to a, to a certain extent, like that's what I look forward to every day. It's like my, my training sessions and where I can really put in these inputs. But yes, some people, they, they need to understand like how adaptable we are and what our biological makeup is because we can change it. We just have to put in a lot of work and consistent inputs, progressive overload and just be patient. And um, I think a big thing comes down to like, what is your passion? That's a big right. thing. We, we need to find our passions in, in life and not just in fitness, but, but to put in life as a whole, we have to find that passion and we have to attack it. I don't think a lot of people are finding their passion. And when they get into fitness, I think it's a lot of time it's like aesthetic based. They want to look better, but it's not a, it's not a good genuine place to kind of build upon. You're, you're, you're always going to be feeling a little empty or feeling like you need to be better as far as how you look. Um, and instead we should just be focused on our health and our strength and how can we improve it and, and just get better on a day to day basis. And, when you have that mentality of self-growth, like uh, eventually you'll get a place to, of, of self-love as a byproduct and you'll be okay with how you look. And if you're putting in work to, to get stronger and be healthier, like aesthetics is going to be a byproduct. But when you make that as your primary, it's, it's, never, it's never really going to be enough. And it kind of leads you down the wrong path as to how to train your human body. We're not trained to be these aesthetic Instagram models and stuff like that. We're just, we're meant to be creatures on planet earth that are athletic as fuck and can survive. I'm like, well, we're talking like we can protect people and we can, uh, we can do shit and we can like live our life with high quality of movement and stuff like that. That's what we're really meant to be doing. Not, not looking better. Right. And so, you know, everybody has different body types. So, you know, like I'm the body type that puts on weight easily. And so, I know how much work it takes for me to get that six pack abs, you know? So back when I started CrossFit, I was doing, you know, three to four hours of CrossFit a day because I was competitive and that's what I wanted to do. And that's how I got a six pack. It was by doing an obscene amount of work to get there. And so now like when people like, well, how do you lose weight? And I'm like, well, it's different for everybody because everybody has a different diet. You know, so everybody has something that they require and everybody has a different workload that they need to be able to complete. Like I'm more of, I've built like a bridge troll. Like I want to stand there in one spot and lift a bunch of weight. That's what I want to do, you know, but that's why this mobility work is so interesting to me because I haven't been doing any strength cycles, but I've been maintaining my strength just through 
making my shit work nice, you know, to use a quote from uh, the great Dr. Andrea Spina. So like, you know, the, the, the better your stuff works, the stronger you are and the more you can do. And so that, you know, I had a really interesting conversation with uh, a client of mine who was like, well, what can I do this with the shoulder? I'm like, you can do so much stuff with the shoulder. It's such a d- dynamic joint. So like once you get the prerequisites of the mobility and the stability and the strengths down, then you need to start figuring out how can I strengthen this in all of these different ranges in all of these different ways. And it's virtually limitless. You just have to be like you or me where we just sit there and freaking think about it while we're watching Netflix. Oh, what am I going to do tomorrow? Tomorrow's yeah. my shoulder day. I'm going to fuck that thing up. You know, and you could just sit there and just think about all these different ways to move your body and do just really, it's just really fun and really interesting to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, the human body is amazing. And if we think of like what normal human function should look like, like if we're talking about like how true homo sapiens were supposed to live, like we're not meant to, like we weren't like meant to like undo so many of our mobility restrictions. We were just meant to have them. Like right. as as babies, like we're given all this shit. Like it's like a gift. You're born as a homo sapien. Like here's all this dope athletic ability that evolution provided us with. And then like me, I went down the path of not really understanding that. Obviously I didn't have the awareness, Right. Um, but I, but I, I personally got into like aesthetics training for like eight to nine years and I pissed away my athletic ability. Um, and I kind of got away from being human. And yeah. now that I've had to undo so much, like I kind of understand, like, I mean, my shoulder was meant to do all the shit that I want to do it, do with it now. But I, I just kind of lost that ability the last couple of years. So you just kind of put consistent inputs of undoing those limitations and kind of getting back normal human function and then exceeding that into more training capacities in, in which I'm passionate about and I kind of want to create for myself. So now I can do whatever I want with the shoulder. Right. Um, that's actually like one of my weaker areas. Actually, I need to get, I need to step my game up with my shoulders. My hips are definitely ahead of my shoulders, but I, I prioritize my hips because I just, I love what the hip, the hips are fucking crazy to me, man. It's so much do, fun, man. They could do so much shit. Like it, it's crazy. Like today I was training and I was just doing some type of random shit. And, and I had like that sensation that like in a couple of months, I'm about to like, you know how, when you like kind of unlock something and you get that feeling like, Oh shit. Like my hips are about to like level up right now. Yeah. I, I feel like in like another month or two, like I'll hit that level up. And, and like, that's, I love the progress, man. And I love the process of all this shit. Like, the human body is so adaptable and you put those inputs and it rewards you and it gives you more movement potential. It's right. fucking so cool to me. Yeah. And so the, the hips thing, it's almost a problem for me because I see stuff that you post or like, you know, sometimes Hunter Cook posted, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to try that and figure <laughs> out what that is. But then I end up doing like three or four leg days in a row and then I can't get out of my car and I'm like, Oh God, this is so bad trying to figure it out, you know, trying to just even function or sit on the toilet or whatever it is. So like, cause I just see like everybody's just exploring and figuring out all this new stuff and all these new ways to do everything and really progressing. And it's really exciting to get this community on Instagram where you're like, Hey, look what I'm doing. Hey, look what you're doing. Hey, look at what they're doing. And then you're just, it gets me super pumped every day to just sit at home and get all these ideas for my next training day and gets me really excited. So like you just said, it's like I found my passion and, and now I can do it for a living because people see the benefits of what I'm doing and then they want to do it. And then I end up being their trainer and then 
but I remember where I started. So then I can start them there and then they can make those same, those same progressions. And then, you know, ultimately get obsessed and passionate about it as well. For sure. And I, and I think it benefits us as coaches that we've, we've kind of went down that route where we lost our own athletic ability and we've had to undo that because that's typically the type of clients we work with. Yeah. Um, so some coaches have like throughout their entire life, they've always been into some type of movement practice. So they've never really lost their ability. So they're actually at a disadvantage when it comes to trying to coach someone to kind of undo some of their limitations because they don't fully understand it because they haven't had to felt it or feel it themselves. So I, I think that's kind of a cool element as a coach to kind of be like, Hey, I, I remember those days. I remember exactly how you feel. Right. Now look at me and now I can do what I want. And now we're going to kind of show you how to get there so you can achieve this as well. So it's kind of cool. Right. And it's just this huge kind of paradigm shift of, of, like, and I want to talk to you about that. Like, so when I first took that FRC course, like Andrea Spina was saying exactly everything that I needed to hear. And I was just hanging on his every word, you know, cause I was just looking for that piece in, in my physical narrative that was missing, you know? So I did, uh, like I mentioned before, all the dynamic neuromuscular stabilization stuff first, like core bracing and, and, how to breathe, like uh, breathing mechanics and how to uh, rehabilitate adults through taking them through the developmental kinesiology that we lose because we're not these frustrated babies anymore that can't get anywhere. So then we want to figure out how to crawl and then we want to figure out how to stand leaning against stuff. And then we want to stabilize our hips so that we could start walking because all these asshole adults are going and doing stuff that I want to do too, you know, but then we start walking and jumping and landing and being kids. And then we get into elementary school and we start sitting and then we lose all of it. And then by the time, you know, they get through college, they've been sitting for however long and now they're just completely dysfunctional humans. So then you start them on the ground with rolling patterns and crawling patterns and get all that stuff stabilized and functional again. And then you progress to the like FRC stuff. And that was just a huge like paradigm shift in my brain to figure out how to new and unique ways to use my body. And then I took the, uh, the kin stretch class and then figured out how to flow it. And then after that, it was just kind of off to the races. So when was that uh, paradigm shift for you? Yeah. I mean, so I got into the whole mobility and movement scene like three years ago. Um, and it was mostly because of like Edel Portal and Conor McGregor. Yeah, I, was actually, I, I was following Conor McGregor and like, this is one of the most badass like fighters that I've seen as far as his movement and his just his the freedom that he kind of expressed in his movement in his fighting style and it made me really interested so i followed him i, I saw who he was training with this Edo portal guy at the time i didn't know anything about him then i started following Edo portal and that's when i really started getting into all of this type of stuff and kind of implementing more the Edo portal type stuff and i did that for about two years maybe a, a little bit more than a year and a half less than two years and I got like, I got good progress and I definitely increased my mobility and my movement, but my body was still kind of beat up and it, it still didn't like, I still don't have like a lot of scientific literature and uh, a deeper understanding of anything. I was just kind of just doing more movement type practice now. And when it kind of all switched for me was also my first day at FRC. It was uh, September, 2017. Um, and like you, like that first day when I was sitting there and he's talking about all this stuff, there's just like that light bulb moment where everything starts making sense. I'm like, holy shit, 
okay, I, I'm starting to get this now. I'm starting to understand human biology and how certain inputs have certain outcomes and what type of inputs have what type of outcomes. And you start piecing together the puzzle. Um, so after FRC, like I went fully down the rabbit hole and started implementing all the, all the information that, that was presented there and started to try to develop a deeper understanding of everything. Um, and every three months since then, it's just been like a huge progression forward as to my, my understanding to all the information mentally, um, the deeper connection with just who I am as a human being and my movement, uh, deeper understanding of human biology and how we adapt. Um, and just like the physical growth too, every three months, is, it's another big step forward where I feel like I level up a little bit. Yeah. Um, so it's just been like a really beautiful progression ever since FRC. Um, but it was definitely that first day and the entire weekend I was just sitting there like, how the fuck did I not think of any of this? How did, how did I ne this never even cross my mind? And how come no one else in the fitness industry is talking like this whatsoever? Um, and it really made, it made me see kind of the flaws in our industry and the flaws of me as a trainer in, in my, as a youth uh, for, I was, a, I've been a trainer for like nine to 10 years and for about eight, eight and a half years, like I look back on me, I'm like, wow. I, I don't agree with the stuff that you were doing and your and your reasoning behind things. Yeah. So it was, it was definitely a humbling period. And I, and I think that's some people kind of struggle with that because they don't want to kind of accept that humility. Uh, but I was sitting there like, fuck, like this is, um, this is all kind of making, making sense now. Yeah. And that guy, he's, did you take it with Spina? Yeah. I took it with Spina, Hunter and Dewey. I had a, and DJ oh, there too. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's a rock star crew right there. Um, but yeah. So, so I was um, September. So I was about seven months behind you then. Cause I took it last April and uh, yeah, like that, the, just the way that that guy talks and how he has such a, such a deep understanding of the concepts that he's trying to present to where he makes such complicated information so simple to digest. It's insane. And it's so that, crazy. yeah. And so, you know, I started out um, my coaching, uh, coaching boxing while I was doing MMA and just trying to teach people like how to jab is like the most complicated thing ever because everybody learns in a different way and you have to explain it 30 different ways to people where you're just like, just stick your front arm back and forth real fast. That's all you do but they just can't figure it out. And then, so you have to figure out, okay, how does this guy learn? How does this person learn? But like Andrea Spina's figured out how to get all that information and make everybody understand it. And yeah. yeah. And it was, so the, my, the, one of the most pivotal points of that course for me was when we were doing the morning routine and we got down to the foot and he was like, this is what you do with your foot. And like 80 people watched him. And then he's like, now you try. And then we all stared at our foot and like nothing happened. And he's just, he probably sees this all the time. But he said, if you're just staring at your foot, like it's an alien attached to your leg, then you need a stronger foot. And we're just like, okay. And then he goes, how often do you use your feet? And you're like, all the time. And he's like, they should be strong, right? And you're like, yes, they should. You know, so then ever since then, I work out barefoot or, you know, as much as I can. And it's just such a huge, like, neurological dump on your body because 20, 25% of your sensory input comes from your feet. And it's just a huge deal. And it's largely overlooked. And just, you know, like, that's a big thing. 
Like I'm sure you've seen it. Vivo Barefoot's trying to shine a light on it right now where it's like, you know, we just wear these huge fluffy shoes that just keep us like out of contact with the ground. It's just so weird. Oh, for sure. I mean, supporter shoes are freaking awful, man. I used to wear them all the time and I still have a ton of pairs because I like, I went crazy like three, four years ago and just bought like a bunch of like Adidas Ultra Boos because they're, they're like the hottest thing. Yeah. I mean, they're, they look really nice and I, I think that's why I got them, but they're so overly supportive that you will not feel your toes touching the ground whatsoever. And we're just developing so many foot issues because of it. People are like, oh, I have high arches, mid arches, low, I have this type of arch. I have all these, all these feet problems. And they're like, oh, I'm just going to put orthotics in my shoes. I'm like, you're just putting a Band-Aid over serious dysfunctions. Like, we need to slowly get, get you away from these type of shoes and get you more into something like a Vivo Barefoot. Right. I actually, I tried to reach out to them. I messaged them like, yo, sponsor me. And they, <laughs> yeah. they, never, they never responded back. I don't, I don't think they even opened it. But, <laughs> but I, I, I love Vivos, and I, and I try to train Barefoot as much as I can. I go outside and like hike trails, like with those dorky five finger shoes so I can really feel the ground and yeah. step on rocks and, and complain about it. But yeah. man, you got to grow your feet. You got to let your feet go. Yeah. And it's uh, the, you know, I'm a massage therapist also. And, you know, there's some people that come in, well, I have knee pain. And then they have those Hoka shoes that have like two and a half inches of padding. I'm like, well, that's why you have knee pain. Like get rid of those shoes immediately. Well, it hurts my feet to walk on the tile. Okay. So that shouldn't be a thing. Like you understand that, right? Like you should be able to walk on the ground. Like that's not even the ground. That's the tile. Like your feet shouldn't hurt. We're so soft. <laughs> it's, it's so weird, but it's, you know, it's just the, the convenience, everything and the, the way that the, the medical mind works like we just need to or like the you know the ankle sprain thing you've done posts on uh posts on that before where you know people sprain their ankle and then they put it in a boot and then they don't move it for like three months and then they take the boot off and then they sprain their ankle again and then you're doing like box jumps with the <laughs> pronated feet you know just like i'm <laughs> it's just you know doing kind of that bonker stuff to bring like hey this is awareness to like what you need to actually kind of be doing like you're obviously shouldn't be doing box jumps, but you should be doing something, you know, like it's just. Yeah. So what I'm trying to like convey is like, dude, if the human body's adaptable, just put in the work, like stop putting band-aids over all your problems and trying to get like more comfortable. Right. And it kind of goes the back to like our, our whole life meaning and our perspective on how we view things. Like if we view things from an evolutionary process standpoint, um, then we understand how stress is a very important thing in so many different elements. And when we're talking about like shoes, like, okay, well now we're not feeling any kind of stress on our feet. We're not, we're not growing our feet anymore and we're losing that connection. So perhaps we need to minimize those shoes, apply a little bit more stress. Things are going to feel a little uncomfortable at first, but we respond to the stress and we grow. That's what right. life is about. I, I think it's, I think that's why I always go back to like, we just got to understand what the fuck we are and, and how we evolve and how, what makes us evolve and adapt for, for, for the right things and the right reasons. I mean, if we just understand that, it, it will solve so many issues. Yeah. Have you ever uh, listened to Graham Hancock, that guy? He's been on, uh, he's been on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and he talks about like, how we've been to like, some kind of technological superiority before, but then this huge meteor strike that striked in the upper Northwest of, of America just wiped out literally everybody on earth to where there was like 
they said at one point where we were down to like 2000 humans and we just like repopulated the earth. But like he has all this evidence just talking about how like those 2000 people had to go through some serious shit just in order to like even survive like the firestorm and all the flooding and all the different stuff because it hit right on a, uh, um, uh, a glacier that had a lake on top of it, which then incinerated and immediately melted and then flooded all of North America. And like, that's where like all of the, um, the landscape in like Utah and stuff like that is from is from this huge flood that just wiped out everything. And it's, you should look it up. It's a, it's a Joe Rogan's podcast with uh, Graham Hancock and Randall Carlson. It's the, it'll blow your mind. And then you'll just be like, well, you know, it's a good thing we have all these lights so we can't see a meteor that's just going to crash down and smash everybody, you know, and then we're worried about stuff like, oh, you screwed up my latte or whatever it is, (laughs) whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like we could get incinerated by a meteor any second. So you need to live your life accordingly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. And if shit hits the fan where like things get a little bit more primal, like, (laughs) Our, our species might not survive. Like we don't have the the quality oh. Homo sapiens to get us to survive anymore. Oh man, there's a few, there's a few really hard motherfuckers. I think that'll save us. I think there's a few, yeah. um, but not as many as we would like. I'll say that. You know, so like they're t- they're talking about this thing hit like twelve thousand five hundred years ago. There was a lot more hard motherfuckers back then than there are right now. You know, oh, like there's there's some gangsters back then, some sort of <laughs> savages. Yeah, that's back like you know, even 400 years ago, we had tougher men than we do now, and that's oh, oh that's that's a weird thing like that we should probably talk about like the so there's this whole campaign to get rid of toxic masculinity, which I think is like I mean for sure that's a thing, but I think that they're blending it with masculinity. And just trying to get rid of that altogether, which I think is very dangerous because we have, you know, these kids that are just teenagers now and you're just looking at them being like, what are you doing? You can't talk and dress like that. That's not how a man should talk and dress, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're already fucking it up with just the whole perspective as a whole when it comes to like males and females. Like we're, we're fucking it up so bad. Like, and I'm on nobody's side. Like I'm on nobody's side. I'm on my own fucking side. <laughs> right. Know? Like people are like men are misogynist and women or women are like, they're so feminist. I'm like, look, I'm not on either side. I'm on fucking homo, uh, homo sapien side. Like, right. Dude, like we're fucking creatures on planet earth. Do I give a, f- am I going to judge you because you're a female creature or am I going to judge you because you're a male creature? No, you're just a fucking creature on, on planet earth. You're a homo sapien. You're one of us. How I'm going to critique and judge another human being is how well do they human? Like, are you a good human being? Are you a shitty human being? Like, do you provide value to other people in your community? Or are you kind of like a scummy shitbag? That right. scummy shitbag could be a female or it could be a male. I don't fucking know. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. But that's, 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 we're trying to create, we're, we're trying to do good. We're, we, we are trying to do good, but we're creating more division. Um, and that's a big problem when we're creating division against another division. Like this is going to bring hostility. If, if, if it's more about like all of us as homo sapiens, how can we all evolve together? that's a better perspective as opposed to like, well, males should do this and females should do that. It's like, well, once again, we're, that's not equality when we're saying men should act a certain way or women should act a certain way. We're not 
putting an equal playground anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's weird to me, our, our fascination with these divisions and groups. It's one of the worst things that's happened to, to our, our reality. I mean, we're talking about like religion, we're talking about race, we're talking about gender, sexual orientation. Like we're creating all these fucking groups. We're at the bottom lines, we're homo sapiens. We're creatures on planet earth. How well do you human? That's what I'm going to critique you on. That's it. <laughs> right. How well do you human? I like that a lot. Uh, so, but it's, you know, like what you were just saying earlier, it doesn't matter if you're like a black guy or a white guy or a Mexican. Like if you're shitty, you're shitty. And that's, <laughs> it's, that's just the way it is. It doesn't matter. Like I'm not racist because I think you're shitty. I just think you're a shitty person because of how you present yourself, you know? Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, talking about like the division of the, uh, the human race, like, you know, even politically, like I was listening to um, another podcast with a, a former Navy SEAL named Andy Stump. And he was talking about like the division in this country and how a lot of them are just calling for violence. Like we need a civil war. And he's like, you guys have no idea what violence is and you're calling for violence. So then what happens is when you guys get to that violent space, me and my friends are going to step in and we're going to win. You know what I mean? Because we are skilled in violence and you're not. And so like, you know, just coming from a, a, a mixed martial arts background, like that's one of those things where it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, you know, because I'm afraid of violence and I know the ins and outs of it. So I don't go out and incite violence. I don't go to bars and pick fights with drunk frat guys. Like I just stay at home and I read my books and I watch TV and I play with my dogs. Like, you know, because those people don't know what violence actually is, you know, and it's, it's just a terrifying thing that these people are trying to kind of edge us towards. And it's just really weird. Well, that's the thing. Like some of these groups and divisions, like while they're trying to do a good job of empowering and raising one side up, I mean, eh, there's, there's people that get into those groups and they, they look at different groups with hostility and anger and it, it creates that vi violent mentality and like the kind of, kind of fucks up your whole approach as to wanting to like empower certain people like we shouldn't be putting down others or creating violent or violence in, in, in other ways like that i don't know it just it's weird to me that the whole divisions and groups that's why i don't i, I don't i don't i try not to get too too involved with like politics or religion or race or like stuff like that i mean it just doesn't interest me well, what kind of title you have behind is like, i just care about who you are as a human being that's all that fucking matters right i think people kind of get lost in, the, in their focus and i think that's like that can be said with life as a whole like we just we're, we're not focused humans anymore we're not we're so distracted by so many things we're, there's so many stimuluses that we get distracted by and we we chase entertainment and self-pleasure and like kind of detrimental ways and we're never satisfied we're never happy we always want more we chase materialistic things. We want like popularity and fame. And, like we're just, we're after the wrong things. Like just find something that you're passionate about. And hopefully that passion will provide value to other people as well. It's not just a selfish endeavor. And perhaps we can all kind of like elevate with each other, you know? Um, right. Yeah. And so that kind of goes back to the concept that I spoke on earlier where, uh, you know, you need discomfort in order to be comfortable. So I think that people are so comfortable that they're subconsciously seeking discomfort. And, you know, so this is like the, the, the nation of outrage, right? Where people will go online and be like, Oh, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. And you're stupid and you're full of shit. And that's when, 
you know, these, these old middle-aged white ladies are going into a Starbucks and they see two black guys sitting there and call the cops. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're trying to, they're trying to create conflict where all you got to do is go and do something difficult, you know, and that's the conflict that you need. Like, you know, there's that, that, uh, that race in Colorado, the imaging where people just run up and down this mountain. And I have multiple clients that only come to me like two or three months out of the year because that's their crucible that they do every year in order to kind of put their life in perspective. That's the one difficult thing that they decide to accomplish where they're just like, Oh shit, that's in two weeks. I better start training. I need to be able to run a marathon in two weeks. And then they run up and down the mountain and they're like, Oh, that was awful. And then, you know, they go back into their normal lives. And then a year later they're like, shit, this is kind of boring. I should probably figure this out. Oh, Imaging's coming up soon. I'll do that again. You know what I mean? So I think that that's, that's part of the problem with an easy solution. Yeah. I mean, as a whole, we definitely need to, we need, we need our adversity. We need our stress. We need to, we need to learn from our mistakes and there, it's always an opportunity to grow. And I, and I wasn't always like this by any means. Like, I, like things used to break me down. Like things would hurt really bad when I was younger. Like, I didn't, I probably, I didn't handle adversity very well when I was younger, but the more I kind of went through it, like it did toughen me up. It did strengthen me and it did lead me to a place where I had a moment where I could change my perspective and I could use all that adversity to fuel me and help me in my future. And since I had like that moment in my life, like every type of adversity that comes my way, like I'm always like, so like, I'm always like, I'm like, I'm almost like trying to go after it to I'm yeah. trying to like seek adversity and, and pain sometimes. Cause like, like it, it's so beneficial to us. And that's kind of what we're talking about right now, how beneficial it is. So for me today and kind of having this awareness, like I kind of embrace it and I kind of enjoy it. It's like, I was, I was telling my buddy the other day, cause I, I don't date too much and I, and I kind of been just focused on doing my own thing. And I was telling him like, man, I kind of need like a heartbreak or something. Like I need some like adversity. Like I need a little right. spice in my life. I need like a little, a little more motivation. Cause like, I'm, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a happy person. Like I, I'm really grateful for everything around me. And like things are going great. And I have a lot of aspirations. I think that I'm pursuing and I have my passions, but like, I always want like even more, like I'm on like, give me a little bit more passion. Give me a little bit more, more motivation and inspiration. Like give me a little adversity. That's fine. Right. And you know, the, I, one of the reasons why I jumped into um, the mixed martial arts world is because, you know, I got divorced and it was terrible. It was the worst thing ever. And I, you know, was drinking copious amounts of alcohol and smoking cigarettes and was just this wildly unhealthy on person to the, the point where I went on like this drinking rampage and woke up the next day. I had blacked out. I don't remember anything about that night. I smoked like a pack and a half of cigarettes. I was having heart palpitations. I was like, I need to do something different. And, you know, I've always been afraid of conflict. So for some reason I was just like mixed martial arts is what I need. And so I just joined a gym and three years later I had a cage fight and, you know, it was an amateur cage fight. And so there's no real weight classes really. And so, you know, I couldn't, you know, with my vision being so bad, I couldn't fight in Arizona. So I had to pick a fight in um, New Mexico. And I weighed in at 191 with all my clothes on. And this guy cut weight to 205 and probably weighed like 215 during the fight. He was just ran me over and just beat the brakes off me. And it was one of the greatest things that ever happened, you know, because then all of a sudden I have all this confidence 
that I didn't know I had because that's like one of the most terrifying things you could do is just get locked in a cage with somebody and fight them, you know, like, and, you know, then after that, I was like going to, you know, a job interview that was really important and could, you know, change my life forever. And I'm freaking out and I'm like, well, I don't have to put my mouthpiece in. So I'll probably be all right. Like nobody's going to punch me or anything. Like it'll be okay. You know? And then, so then I started doing jujitsu tournaments and then I started, you know, CrossFit and then I started doing CrossFit competitions. And then I got to the point where I knew that I was a competent and capable human being because I did all of those incredibly difficult things. And now I no longer need to compete. I just need to constantly be progressing and moving towards something. And, but that gave me the confidence to just pursue it no matter what. And like you said, if it fails, it fails and it just doesn't even matter. You just keep going anyway. And it's just like, it's just like the tree fell on the road. So I'm just going to drive around the tree and that's, that's what failure is. You know, it's not bad. It's just the thing. Yeah. And we genuinely need that stuff and you have to fail. And sometimes you have to fail epically, you know, right. I, it, it took a lot of rock bottoms and like my greatest rock bottom to like, finally turn my life around like I needed that moment I needed that moment where I felt like everything was worthless everything was lost there was no light at the end of the tunnel or whatever it may be I needed that because it, it, it like it created something in me and it created my my strength to to kind of look back on, on things and be like hey it's still not that bad you still have another opportunity and that's the thing about life there's so much opportunity out there we just have to go after it. we just have to like commit to it I mean there, there's always there's always another opportunity. If something fails, there's another opportunity. If that fails, there's another opportunity. That's the thing about our, our, our life today that we should be very grateful for of how our society has evolved. Like there's so much opportunity, especially with like social media and, and, and how this is all kind of created nowadays and how we're so connected. There's so many fucking opportunities. So find something that you're really passionate about and you really enjoy and go and you're probably going to fail a bunch of times but eventually it's going to lead you on the right path and it's going to make you stronger than before and you're going to succeed because of it right and i always tell people you know there's there's a lady out there who makes a living selling pine cones on ebay so you can literally do whatever you want you just have to have the courage to go and do it you know what i mean and so you know that's one of the things like uh talking to uh dj murakami a few weeks ago on my podcast he just kept saying like what are you using your training for and i was like i don't know i'm just training and so then i'm like well i should probably just do something new and challenging so then i chose uh bouldering and rock climbing because i just suck at it i've never done it you know so then i just joined a bouldering gym and that's what i do like one or two days a week now just to go in and challenge myself and do something that i suck at and something that i have to struggle through and something that i have to figure out and it's just so much fun just being a beginner again yeah yeah for sure yeah so um let's kind of uh i want to talk to you about the social media thing because it's so interesting and i found you just probably the same way everybody did where you just broke the internet with your video about you turkish get up out of bed <laughs> it was the best <laughs> and I'm just like no this is the right way to put your tupperware away you don't do it this way <laughs> it was one of the best videos ever so like what did you you know because that's one of andrea spina's 
rants, right? Like you don't get out of bed like a Turkish person. I never seen anybody do the most amazing functional movement ever. So it's like, and then like, so what's that like to just all of a sudden kind of get all that attention? It was, I mean, it was pretty hilarious because like before, like, like I even filmed that video, like I was, I like smoked a joint and I was really high and I was just like chilling on my couch and I had like that random idea of like, I should probably do that because I was on Instagram and I'd see all these like, all these like health professionals and, and, and fitness experts or, or so-called fitness experts are like they're xing out everything or they're check marking like this idea of like a functional exercise i'm like man this is so fucking lame and like we're just doing this to like promote our own business and like make money off people so i was like how could i kind of like make fun of them but like in a funny way and then i just kind of came up with that idea but it's like i don't know everyone's like how, how does it feel to like be like instagram famous i'm like i don't think i'm famous like i just think more people like follow me because of my stupidity and the kind of way i am <laughs> well <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's like but honestly like it's really cool because like i got a quick ability to like have a platform now and like share a message that's right. my like that's what i really enjoy because like three years ago like when i had that shift into getting into mobility and movement i had like this vision of myself of becoming like this cool athlete that learned a lot and changed a lot and, and grew a lot and, and built a platform to be able to share a message. So it's kind of like surreal to, for me to kind of feel like, like now I have this platform. Now you can kind of do something with it. And I've been like, I, I go like every day and I'm, and I'm thinking of like, how can I really make this like something cool and really grow it into something big? Um, and I haven't really been posting much, but I'm like, I'm hoping like this will lead to something even bigger where I can have a platform to really help people on multiple, on multiple levels. Like, Everyone hits me up. I was like, when are you going to start making money and selling shit? I'm like, I don't give a fuck about that right now. Like, I, I really just want to, like, build a cool platform and be, be able to, like, offer something to people that is going to be truly valuable and, and something that's going to be different and, and helpful. And maybe it will change our perspective on how we view life. Maybe it's change our perspective on, on our training stimulus. Whatever it may be, like, I, I'm hoping this leads to something amazing. And I, and I feel like it will. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I'm you know, working really hard on building my brand and, and growing my, uh, my Instagram. And, you know, I'm starting to get those people that are just like, well, that's a dumb movement or that your knees not supposed to move like that. And you're just like, really, it's, it's really interesting. So then like how many messages do you get like that a day or do you even like pay attention to them? I mean, I, I see the comments, like people will post comments and, and say like, Oh, that's, there's so much stress on on the joint. Why do you do that? That's stupid. And like, I'm like, and I, never, and I respond back to them and I kind of have fun and I, and I kind of say whatever I need to say. And for the most, like almost like all of them, actually, they kind of just like, Oh shit. Okay. It, yeah. like, I, don't think, I don't think they, I don't know if they just don't expect me like not to respond or, or to respond and say something mean, but usually I just kind of like list my reasons as to why this doesn't hurt me on like a biological level. And they're just like, Oh shit. I guess yeah. you kind of know what I'm talking about. Fuck me. <laughs> right. Right. So, you know, I just recently got, um, one of those, I call them the irradiation spring, right? The way you bend it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was doing, um, I had my 10 pound ankle weights on and was doing hovers over a kettlebell. And this guy was like, well, isn't that a compensation? And I was like, no. And I explained to him what the law of irradiation was and how you're, I'm recruiting more muscle fibers in order to complete the task, which actually makes it more beneficial for you and makes the task more difficult. And he's like, well, I guess. And then I start looking at his page and he's a chiropractor based out of New York. And I'm like, you're a doctor of chiropractic. Shouldn't you know this stuff? I feel like you should know 
what the law of irradiation is. That's kind of important, you know, but I guess he doesn't. And so, you know, and now this is like four or five posts later, he keeps talking about that one post that he doesn't like. And I'm like, okay, sounds good, buddy. And I just give him like the thumbs up and Hey, thanks for liking this. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I like this one, but I don't like that one. Like, right on. Yeah, I mean, there's so many layers that go into training. Like no one, like you can't just walk up to someone and look at like something like, man, ah, that's just like, I, I get it. Like, I, I think a big for, a thing for me is like, I don't believe in like right or wrong form, but I do believe in like the integrity of an exercise. Like right. a lot of people do not work with a lot of integrity in their movements. Um, they just try to fucking, they, they train their egos as opposed to their, as, as opposed to their body, you know? Um, this is not about lifting the heaviest weight and swinging it and creating momentum and like kind of feeling like you accomplished the task. Like we're not trying to accomplish tasks necessarily. We're trying to train the human body. There's a difference. So and like, I, like I wouldn't look at someone's page and be like, nah, that's just, that's a terrible exercise for him. Like that, that's probably too much stress on his shoulder. I mean, you don't know the biology of the shoulder that you're talking about. That, that person could have spent numerous hours and days and weeks and months and years training his shoulder to expand ranges of motion to be able to have this type of capacity and resiliency to kind of do whatever the fuck he wants that's biological adaptation that's that's just what we are as as creatures through the evolutionary process i mean we, we can adapt to certain stimuluses if we do it correctly so you can't just look at something and be like oh that's that's horrible for you i'm like you don't even know the person you haven't even assessed the person i don't know how you can even have an opinion on that yet Right. And then, you know, the, the public narrative is kind of wonky too, because then there's the, you squatting's bad for your knees or you shouldn't squat with your knees in front of your toes. And then, you know, I start seeing, once I start following all these FRC guys, I start seeing all the sissy squats and I'm like, Oh, those are amazing. And then I, it takes me months and months of just practicing two or three times a week to where I could even get my knees to the ground and then come back up. And now here I am almost a year later and I'm finally doing it with like a, a 25 pound weight plate. And so I'm building, you know, these capacities in that movement. And it's just really fun and exciting just to see where I've come from and where I'm at now, especially, you know, just starting out because, you know, just uh, doing CrossFit for so long was so detrimental to my body, but it built a lot of strength, you know, like you were talking about earlier. And, you know, so then you start doing the swimmers for the first time. You're like, Oh, that's a thing that is really difficult. And my shoulder's not used to that. But what I explained to my uh, clients and my athletes is, is this is now there's this dark space in your brain for this part of your shoulder. And right now what we're doing is just getting a flashlight and illuminating that dark part of your brain for the shoulder. And then eventually you install lights and then that part of your shoulder's on, right? And so now you, your brain understands the full range and the full capability of what the shoulder's doing. And then you can start adding load to that, which is what I was doing with the shoulder cars the other day with the ankle weights on my wrists, you know? Like, and, and it's just like this incremental progress. Like you said, you don't know the biology. You just started following my page. You don't know how much effort I put into getting to this point. You're just judging me based on this one video and then talking shit about that one video that happened like two weeks ago. Why are you even still thinking about it? It's weird. 
Yeah, yeah, they just, they just kind of see the end product and they don't understand the work that kind of took to, to build up to that. But if they generally spend time like reading all the content and understanding your philosophy and the concepts behind it, like the, all the information is there. Like I, I put like, in, in the, on my page in particular, like I, I put all that stuff there. Like if you actually read it as opposed to look at the videos, I'm like, oh, that's terrible for you. Just like read the information and I kind of list why I, it's fine for me, but it could be wrong for others. Um, that's the thing about mobility training too. Like mobility, like true mobility training is expanding ranges of motion. So right. if I spend a lot of time doing mobility for my shoulder or my hips and I expand their ranges of motion, I'm able to do things that may not look normal to someone else, but that doesn't mean it's wrong. I've spent time increasing my ranges of motion as opposed to that person who has spent no time increasing their range of motion and they don't really know what's possible and that might scare them and they'll just deem it as incorrect. But their mindset is incorrect. Their mindset is, is what's going to be bad for their shoulder, or bad for their hips, because they don't understand this knowledge. And they're kind of just building upon dysfunctions and compensations. And those are typically the people that have the most problems with their body. I'm like, I don't have anything wrong with my body anymore. Three years ago, I was broken. Today, I, I feel better than I ever have. I feel younger than I ever have. And I'm 31. I mean, 20s were definitely not my prime compared to how I feel today. Right. Um, so it's all it's all about the training stimulus it's about the deeper understanding of all this stuff it's not black and white it's not fitness in air quotes is not what we the way we view a, what fitness is today is completely fucked up and it's not even it's nothing related to to the term fitness like we're not fit at all like we're, just, <laughs> we're broken by in our in our late 30s and 40s and we're getting hip replacements and knee replacements and shoulder surgeries and our, our bodies are busted, you know, it's, yeah. we're, we're not training correctly whatsoever. Yeah. And it's just, it's, yeah, it's so interesting. Like thinking of like thinking about how much time it took for you to get to where you're at now, which is like, you know, three years, that's a lot of time. But then you see these people who are, you know, Oh, I want to do a triathlon. And then they do three months of training and then do a triathlon. And they're like, why does everything hurt? You know, it's like you should be, so you start here. This is where you start. And then you finish like three years from now with an Olympic triathlon and you're probably going to be pretty good at it, you know? So maybe do a couple sprints now and then and, and practice your swimming and figure out what you suck at, which for me would be running for sure. So like start running a lot and get a running coach and, you know, there's these paths that you need to take in order to, get to where you want to go. Like nobody's going to be, you know, Hunter cooking in a couple of years. Like he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we're going to see a Hunter cook again for a while. <laughs> unless, unless I have a kid, unless, unless I have a baby, that, that fool is going to be a monster. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it rolling from birth all the way through. Like, that's the thing like some of like the, the frc practitioners in particular like their kids are going to be so badass because they're going to just do this shit from day one yeah and they're just going to be these monster creatures in like 10 to 20 years yeah they're going to be they're going to be getting called to the principal's office because their kids getting in trouble for doing hip cars in the middle of the class <laughs> <laughs> right on brothers all right so we're about wrapping up here so uh what um, books are you reading right now? Uh, so, I mean, it, it, I, I went through Sapiens, and I'm probably going to get the second one and, and kind of go through that. 
Um, but honestly, I, I spent a lot of my time like watching podcasts or like going over like FRC lectures and stuff like that. Yeah. And then a lot of it's like self-exploration too. Like I, I spend a lot of time like exploring things and concepts and movements on my own. And I, I'm kind of like fascinated by the nervous system and neurological perceptions. Yeah. Like when we feel like these perceptions of discomfort or tightness or pain or things of that sort. So I go through like this whole little self-exploration thing like throughout like every night and kind of like play around with different movements and different, different things. So, um, but yeah, most of the stuff that I'm reading or watching, it'll typically be on like podcasts or audio book or FRC type stuff. Yeah. And it's just, there's so much information out there. It's so interesting how people use it, you know? So like you were talking about how people are so distracted, just looking at like, what the Kardashians are doing or who gives a fuck? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, the, like Instagram is such an, it's, if you use it right, you can learn a lot just from scrolling through Instagram. If you're following the right people, you know, and then like audiobooks and podcasts, like I, you know, drive around all day long going from the office to the gym, to the office, to home, to back to the office and to the gym. So I listen to audiobooks and podcasts all day long and learn so much from them which is like one of the reasons why I started my own podcast is because you know there's these people that I look up to and I want to ask them questions so then I just ask them hey you want to be on my podcast so I can talk to you about stuff and then I learn a lot just from my podcast you know what I mean so it's just this kind of that we just live in the age of information and we're just there's there's so many people learning so much stupid shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the thing kind of like you said we have so many opportunities to kind of learn a lot of beneficial things and like how we choose to like prioritize our focuses and what we do with that time i mean fuck you're gonna watch netflix and and tv shows or the kardashians and shit like that or are you gonna like start studying shit that's gonna benefit you in the, in the long run right um, and really bettering you as, as a human being i think we need to all focus on self-growth first and foremost that's the m- most important thing in our life is self-growth second would probably be self-awareness but they're, they're, they're pretty much tied in together. Um, but yeah, if we, if we prioritize those two things, I mean, I think our focus overall is going to be way more hone in and we're going to get a lot more work done and kind of be happier human beings. Hey, did you watch that movie free solo? Not yet. I really want to oh watch that. Oh my God. I've watched that twice. And the level of mastery that that guy has is insane. And you know, there's this one part and I talk about it a lot because it's really impressive to me, but he climbed El Capitan so many times, like with, you know, a rope and with partners and all this different stuff that he had that whole entire route memorized. And I don't think there's one, just, it's just a few minute section in that movie where he's talking about every single little move that his hands and his feet need to do in order to accomplish this task of climbing up this cliff face without any kind of support. And it's just bananas. And that guy, you need to watch it, dude. It's so epic. And even like while he's climbing, they're doing all this drone footage and you're like, Oh my God, is it hot in here? I'm so sweaty. I don't know what to do. (laughs) Like (laughs) this guy's freaking me out. It's so good. I highly recommend it. It's definitely worth your time. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, that, that's like one thing I would definitely like, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch and tune in. A lot of people have been telling me like, you need to watch this, you'll, you'll appreciate this. I was like, yeah. Um, so, so maybe this weekend, actually, maybe I'll, maybe I'll, I'll commit to it and, and watch that. I'm excited about it. <laughs> right on, brother. And uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the gram, Instagram, 
beard the best you can be. Uh, <laughs> nice. That's pretty much all I got. I do have a YouTube channel too, but I only I only have like two old videos on it. Maybe one day I'll use it more, but that's also beard the best you can be. Right on, brother. All right, thank you so much again for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. All right, brother, we'll talk soon.